A war of good versus evil. We're up against an enemy that's eons old, and up until recently it's gotten arrogant, bold, and in our face, and taken every opportunity to ensnare humanity with the lures of this world through Hollywood, the music industry, big pharma, big tech, big media, and much more. But there's a hard line that must not be crossed by this enemy. A line that must be etched in your heart with the word of God. A line few are holding, but many more are needed. Are you willing to take to the offensive in the engagement of this enemy fighting in unity? As warriors for Christ and in the pursuit of truth. If so, welcome to his hard line. Hardliners, good evening. I am Jason. I am happy to have you here for another His Hardline discussion. And today we are going to be discussing the Sedeki Trust Act of 1666. Now, just a couple quick show notes here. Um, for starters, uh, make sure you do me a favor. Please share this podcast far and wide. Um, you know, I don't ask for donations. I don't, you know, I don't get paid here. But what I am going to ask you, though, if you can do me a favor and share my website, that could be your donation to us. Okay. And when I say us, that means not just me, but God and Jesus Christ. All right. We have some very important messages that we're trying to get out. First off, the message from God, which is out of the Bible, which we do a 1% or less with him podcast every day where we read a devotional and then we read a snippet out of the Bible and we talk about it for a little bit. And then uh, twice, sometimes three times a week, we might do a His Hardline discussion. Every once in a while, we'll do a His Hardline, uh, excuse me, words are hard, a His Hardline quick look, where we kind of look over at some of the uh, headlines that are going on. Um, But yeah, I Again, I don't really do social media, so I don't really have a social media presence out there. I do have a Telegram, and I will put that channel on the show notes. Um, But please share the website, www.hishardline.com. That's www.hishardline.com. And you can go to the Start Listen on the uh, welcome screen or go to the podcast link, and it'll take you to the media player if you don't have a Podbean account. And you can listen to uh, the shows of the most recent one at the top to previous shows going further down to the bottom. And so anyway, I appreciate if you can do that for me and at least share this with at least 10 people via email, social media, text, tell someone, whatever you got to do. Do that for me as your donation to us here at His Hardline. I really would appreciate that. So, um, interesting topic that I kind of ran across today, and I kind of stumbled upon it by accident. And if you recall, if you were listening to a podcast episode that I had uh, several weeks back, it was talking about maritime law and what that was. Now, if you're not sure what maritime law is, you can scroll down. It, like I said, I've only been on air for two months, but it's not too far back. I don't have that many episodes. I think I'm not, I haven't even broken a hundred yet. Um, but if you go back and you go uh, look for the title, it's a his hardline discussion, 
and I think it's titled uh, What is Maritime Law? I think. Go listen to that. It'll give you a little bit more of a basis, but this will also explain it a little bit further in detail. Now, it's weird how this is pronounced, but I do believe it's pronounced Sedeke Trust Act. Now, the Sedeke Vi Act of 1666. Um, So, how do we start this? So, in London, in the year 1666, Interesting number, of course. During the Black Plague and the Great Fires of London, Parliament enacted a uh, an act behind closed doors called the Sedeke Vi Act of 1666. Now, that act was being debated, um, or the act that was being debated was to subju- uh, sub- subrogate the rights of men and women. And subrogate means uh, to substitute one person or thing for another in respect of a debt or an insurance claim and any associated rights and duties. So that's what uh, subrogate means. So the act being debated was to subrogate the rights of men and women, meaning all men and women were declared dead. Also meaning lost at sea or beyond the sea. And back then operating an admiralty law, the law of the sea meant being so lost at sea. Now, the state, being London, took custody of everybody in their property into a trust. Now, the state became the trustee, slash the husband holding all titles to the people and property, until a living man comes back to reclaim those titles. He can also claim damages. This is very interesting because it seems almost very akin to the uh, Treaty of Verona where uh, back in two, uh, what year? Back in 1213 AD, the Vatican drafted what was called the uh, Treaty of Verona. And basically, in a nutshell, it lays claim or laid claims to all souls and all land around the world. So I find this very interesting because the Vatican and the um, British Royal Crown are very, very closely, directly related with one another. Now, when capital letters are used anywhere in a in a name, and I've talked about this in, like I said, in a previous episode with Maritime Law, but whenever capital letters are being used anywhere in a name, this always refers to the legal entity slash fiction company or corporation with no exceptions. Now, Sedeke is a common term in New Zealand and Australia. Another word would also be called straw man. Now, that's a common term that we use here in the United States of America and Canada. Okay, you may hear people on other podcasts talking about the straw man, right? Now, these are the legal entity slash fiction created and owned by uh, the government whom created it. It's like owning a share in the stock market. You may own a share, but it's still it is still a share of the stock. Now, legally, we are considered to be a fiction, a concept or an idea expressed as a name or a symbol. 
Now, that legal person has no consciousness. It is a juristic person. Okay. It is a juristic person. So that name or word written on that piece of paper, okay, it's, uh, I believe it's Latin. Uh, there's a Latin term for it, ens legis, as, as I believe is how it's pronounced. Now, this trace this traces back to the year 1666. So London is an independent city-state, just like the Vatican is an independent city-state, and just like Washington, D.C. is an independent city-state. Now, the crown is an unincorporated association, but why why is it in why is it in unincorporated? Well, it's simple. It's because it's private. And the temple bar is in London. And every lawyer called to the bar swears allegiance to the temple bar. You can't get called without swearing this allegiance. Now, the bar is also known as the British Accreditation Registry. Just a little side note. Now, our only way out is to reclaim your dead entity, also known as the straw man that the crown created, and become the, execu the executor and then collapse the called uh, sedicae vi trust and forgive yourself of your debts and then remove yourself from the admiralty law that holds you in custody. Now, when London burned, the subrogation of men's and women's rights occurred. The Responsible Act passed, CQV Act of 1666. Again, kind of a very interesting number, considering the year. Three sixes in that year. And it was meant for all men and women of the UK and they were then declared dead and lost beyond the seas. Got news for you, it's not just with the UK, it's worldwide and here in America. And the state took everybody and everybody's property into a trust. And the state takes control until a living man or woman comes back and claims their titles by proving they are alive and claims for damages can be made. Now, this is, this is why you always need representation when involved in legal matters in court because you're dead technically you're dead jason what are you talking about the legal fiction is a construct on paper and 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 so it's an estate and a trust so when you get a bill or like a summons from court it's Always, if you notice, it's always in capital letters, just like you see on your driver's license, like you see in your birth certificate and your baptismal certificate and your um, everything, social, uh, your, your uh, social security card. Everything is always in, in capital letters. And similar to the tombstones and graveyards, capital letters signify death. And they are always writing the, to the dead legal fiction. The legal fiction was created when someone informed the government that there was a new vessel in town based upon your birth. And birth certificates are issued to us by the doc, right? Like a doctor, the doc. We always call a doctor a doc. Thanks, doc. What's up, doc? For anybody out there that are Bugs Bunny fans. And just as ships are given birth certificates at the dock, it's about commerce. 
And again, I've talked about this when we were discussing maritime law and what it was. And we come from our mother's waters. Because, you know, when a mother is about to give birth, her water breaks. And so your mother has a birth canal just like a ship. And the ship moves by the sea current just as we are able to move by the current sea. And all this information relates to how the general public are still legally tied through maritime admiralty law. And through this ancient legal construct, we can be easily controlled and duped. And in duped indeed we have been. Which is why we are seeing all the crazy chaotic issues of this world. Especially in this nation. And so learning about your legal fiction helps you to unlock yourself. Otherwise, you are just going to be an empty vessel floating on the sea of commerce. And parents are tricked every day, year in, day in, day out, year in, year out, into registering registering the birth of their babies. Now, in about 1837, the Births, Deaths, and Marriages Act was formed in the UK, and then the post of Registrar, Registrar General was established. His job was to collect all the data from all the churches which held all the records of birth. Huh. Say that one more time. His job was to collect all the data from the churches which held the records of birth. Hmm. Now, all people are seen to be in custody of the crown. Okay. This allows people to function in commerce and to accept the benefits provided by the state. Now, we have to understand who we are as men and women and how we can relate in this system. The city of London is a center for markets where merchants work. And then there is mercantile law. It comes from admiralty law. And look at the symbols in your city courts that relate to the admiralty. Now, so where you have commerce and money, you also have justice and injury. Now, you need to understand that bankruptcy, before you can understand the judiciary, we have accepted the the claim to accept the summons, yet only the dead can be summoned. Huh? We have to accept the claim. We have accepted the claim to accept the summons, yet only the dead can be summoned. There is an obligation to accept any liability which has been created. I mean, right now we are, at this present time, still operating in you know under admiralty law. Most people are, not all, most. So, like, when it comes to a plea, right? So, a not guilty plea or any plea admits jurisdiction. The straw man, also known as the legal fiction, is always guilty. And so then you get people like barristers and solicitors. They make a living out of creating a controversy. So by creating a controversy, you become liable for the case. Now, when it comes to honor and dishonor, to remain in honor, you have to accept a claim and settle or discharge it. Then you add conditions like, I accept on proof of claim and proof of loss. Now, this gives you know the liability back to them, and the legal fiction is always guilty. 
So only in the high court can the real man or woman appear. Say that one more time. Only in the high court can the real man or woman appear. Games are played on courts, hence the name court. It is a game with actors acting on acts. It has to be treated as a game and just business. Courtroom dramas are misinformation. In the public, we're operating in bankruptcy and you receive benefits. It takes a lot of time, effort, and study to understand the use of these tools, but you have to be prepared to go fully through this process and get the right tools out of your toolbox at the right time. You know, people need to learn how to act as a creation of God rather than a creation of man. And see, this is kind of what we're doing. I don't even want to say kind of. This is exactly what we're doing in the assemblies. We're not only returning back to a de jure jurisdiction because that operates underneath common law. That's the law of the land that gets out of admiralty law. And again, just like it said, just a few sentences up, it says only in a high court, in the high court, can the real man or woman appear. Well, what's the high court? Well, that would be the court of which the grand jury sits on. And the grand jury is owned by the people. That belongs to the people. That's the high court. And people might be like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought the Supreme Court was the highest court in the land. Uh, mm -mm. If you actually look at the Seventh Amendment, let me pull this up real quick. Because in the Seventh Amendment, in the Bill of Rights, um, let's see here. Just bring this up real quick. So in the Seventh Amendment, it says, in suits at common law, Okay, hear that for a second. In suits at common law, common law is the law of the land. That's not admiralty law. That's not the law of the water, the law of the sea. All right. In suits at common law where the value in controversy, remember that word, where the value in controversy shall exceed $20. The right of trial by jury shall be preserved, and no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise reexamined in any court of the United States than according to the rules of the common law. I'm going to read that one more time. In suits at common law, very important verbiage, where the value in controversy shall exceed $20. The right of trial by jury shall be preserved, and no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise reexamined in any court, any court, any court, guys, of the United States. That also means the Supreme Court. Then according to the rules of the common law, again, the grand jury the jury, the grand jury, which has that takes the cap which takes the capability and has the ability of conducting investigations and um, delivering bills of indictment, among other things. 
but no facts that are tried by a jury shall be reexamined in any court of the United States. Again, that's why it says only in the high courts can real men and women appear because in the high courts, which is the courts of common law under the grand jury, is when a real man or woman under God with the real living life blood, the life you have in you, can appear in that court. I'm telling you, this gets really crazy and down, it gets, it can get really down some deep, dark rabbit holes. And this is going to be a fairly short His Heartland discussion because, you know, this is kind of like a spur of the moment one I wanted to do because I got a little bit more time on my hands, but I just wanted to put that out there. Do a little digging, do a little research on what the uh, Sedeke uh, Vi Act of 1666, and it's spelled C-E-S-T-U-I, next word K-U-E, next word V-I-E, Act 1666. It's very interesting on what you'll find here. But... Excuse me. But at the end of the day, though, that's what the assemblies are doing. We're returning back to self-governance and we're taking this power back. In fact, the power has already been taken away from them, which again, which is why the act of uh, 1871 was voided because a breach in Section 17 in that act, which were uh, the night, you know, there were governmental services that were provided to us by the U.S. corporation, a.k.a. a Vatican and British Royal Crown owned entity, which had U.N. operating also within it. And so because they breached Section 17 of their own act, by the way, of 1871, their own act, and of course, they usurped their powers and they basically used and abused us and took advantage and ultimately enslaved us in, 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 in so many different ways. And so we, the people in assembly, particularly starting with the Michigan General Jural Assembly, wrote orders for Donald Trump to make sure that got dissolved because we, the people, recognize what is going on. We are familiar with the history, and we are aware of what's going on. Uh-huh. Which, again, I will reiterate, is one of the reasons why, or the reason why, Donald John Trump was able to walk in front of Queen Elizabeth back, I think it was in 2019. Mm -hmm. She lost her power and therefore no longer owns D.C., the Vatican no longer owns D.C. They no longer have authority or power over our military using the U.N. Why do you think when you go into D.C., all those buildings that were once occupied by a bunch of agents and people in government, I mean, there is citizen journalists out there that go around and scour that city for the last two years. Rich, Richard Citizen Journalist was one of them. I think Nancy Drew was another one of them. But they scour that entire city and took video footage all over for several months back to back. And all those buildings are empty. Why? Why? 
I got something else for you, actually, while we're kind of on the topic. Let me see if I can bring this up on my phone. This is very interesting. Let's see here. Hold on. Oh, now my phone wants to be dumb here. Let's see here. Where did I see it? Bear with me here, guys. There was something I wanted to read here. If I can only find it. I feel like I'm getting close. Hold on, guys. I'm so sorry. I wasn't prepared to talk about this, but since we're on the topic about the UN and everything that's going on there with DC... Let's see. Where are you at? Oh. Yeah, I know this is not good radio when you have to listen to uh oh here it is. Here it is. And this is on this is you can find this on national-assembly.net, okay? And this was a uh this was a letter that was written to Donald Trump. Let's see, I have to download this so I can read it. Okay. So this was written by the people in assembly. And this was delivered to the, uh, let's see here. Yeah, and this was delivered to, uh, this is, well, one of the things I believe, let me see, I just want to make sure, who was this delivered to? I want to say, these were so, I want to make sure I'm getting my facts straight, I don't want to just spout out stuff here. But anyway, I forgot who this got delivered to, but these were, these were the, uh, on these were orders that were given to the UN to leave America, and this is what the order said. Okay, I can't remember exactly who this got sent to, but this is what it says. We, the people in assembly, initiate the orders of the people. And it says, having made our declaration of the grievances, we author and issue these orders to the United Nations Secretary. Ah, there it is. To the United Nations Secretary General to comply with these orders immediately. Our declaration list is a long string of abuses, and these abuses identified are to be addressed. The United Nations has been involved in agendas that are counterproductive to the people of the world. First, the listen. First, the military of the United States of America is no longer under the authority of the United Nations and will no longer carry out the United Nations agendas. What? Yeah. Do I need to repeat that one again? Because what you heard is fact and true. I'll reread it. The military of the United States of America is no longer under the authority of the United Nations and will no longer carry out the United Nations agenda. Uh-huh. You know, the Michigan state troopers were actually underneath the UN authority as well. People don't know that. Second, cease and desist all United Nations programs and operations affecting the lands and other property of the United States of America. Third, within 72 hours, all foreign United Nations personnel are to physically vacate the geographical area of the United States of America, including Manhattan Island and the District of Columbia. 
Failure of the United Nations members to comply with these demands is the United Nations members' self-confession of their intent to continue their inhumane agendas and shall be charged with such in the world court. And that was dated October 21st, 2012. And it also says, this order of the United Nations to the United Nations Secretary General has been reviewed by the Michigan General Journal Assembly and has been approved by unanimous vote and is messengered to the legislature of Michigan, a free and independent state to be addressed. The Michigan, a free and independent legislature, approved the orders and have messengered the orders to the House of Representatives for approval and delivered to the interim president for autographing and service upon the United Nations. Mm-hmm. Kind of crazy. Again, why do you think all those buildings are empty in D.C.? Those U.N. buildings, all those buildings in the Treasury and uh, all those other government I don't even know. There's so many of them there. Why do you think they're all empty? Because they were all UN agents. And people think that nothing's happening. The people are in control. Listen, Dave with X20. I don't listen to a lot of X22 or really any podcast anymore these days. But let me tell you something. If you're still on that whole podcast, Truth or Bandwagon, okay, yeah, I know they're fun to listen to because it's like if you, you, you got to know what's going on, right? You got to know. You got to know, right? You got to know. You got to get your podcast in. Got to listen to all your truthers, your SGT report and Bards FM and X22 and, you know, uh, uh, Mike Adams with, uh, you know, Health Ranger report and all these, right? You got to get your news in, right? And we know. I know them, Right? Look, I listen to all the same guys, but here's the thing I'm going to tell you about all these podcasters, and I'm not dogging on them, okay? I'm not dogging them one bit. They, Some of them know what they're talking about. X-22, I truly believe he is on point with everything. He knows what's going on. In fact, I wouldn't doubt if he was part of the a certain intelligence apparatus that is part of bringing back America to where it needs to be under the self-governance of we the people. And so I truly believe he knows exactly what's going on. But here's my beef with all these podcasters. They keep peddling out these stories. And even though they may not intentionally try to push out fear, they still are pushing out a fear um, campaign out there. Whether if it's intentional or unintentional, at the end of the day, these people are trying to make money, okay? And look, I don't fault them. No, I don't fault anybody for trying to make money on the internet, okay? Number one, as long as it's legal and eth- you know lawful and ethical and moral, you know, listen, God bless you then, okay? As long as you're not hurting anybody, you're not committing fraud, you're not injuring anybody, you're not perjuring yourself, or you're not, um, you know, you're not engaging in acts of theft. As long as you're not engaging in any of those and you're able to make money lawfully and morally and ethically, go for it. But here's the thing. People in assembly, we're about results. We're about reading and self-educating. Like right now I'm reading a book. Uh, not really a book, excuse me. It's not really a book. I mean, it is a book, but it's a digital format on the national-assembly.net website. It's um, Corpus 
juris secundum, which is basically talking about the grand juries. I'm learning a little bit more there, and I'm trying to read and learning what I can. We the people in assembly are not just a group of people that have a secret handshake and we meet secretly every week or every month. That's not how that works. There's no membership fees, nothing. Anybody can be a member as long as you are sponsored by an assembly member because we can't just have anyone and anybody coming in. We can't have people that, you know, have a power trip or want to, you know, screw up the, um, you know, the plans of, of, of returning back to self-governance because we've had enough of that. We've had enough provocateurs involved and getting involved and screwing up our assembly progress. And we only have one shot to do this and we have to do it right. So. Again, like I was talking about in yesterday's podcast about silencing the noise. And yes, I know I talked about podcasts. This here that you're listening to is a podcast. But the thing that we're doing differently here, here's the thing. We're not trying to peddle fear. We're trying to make you aware of very real situations. But at the same time, we're pushing out the word of God first and foremost, because that is the ultimate and primary reason why his hard line exists. And secondary, to push out proper information about the assembly of we the people in America to return back to an original de jure jurisdiction and get back to being a national American national sovereign again. Not a citizen of the United States. That is basically an employee status. We are not citizens of the United States. We are national Amer- we're American national sovereigns. Stop getting yourself hyped up with fear and excitement, which sometimes can lead to anxiety and sometimes depression and, you know, sometimes, you know, certain fears about certain things. Look, again, I love listening to a lot of these podcasts, but I stepped away completely altogether. I have not listened to any of these guys for a while now. And I got to be honest with you, it has allowed me to clear my mind and really assess really what's going on. And with prayer and asking God for discernment, I got to be honest with you, I don't think I'm going to be returning to these podcasts because here is what I know to be true. The Holy Spirit, when you silence all that nonsense, sorry about that, it's my phone. When you silence all that nonsense, it allows you to really have clarity and have a better grip of reality of really what's of what's really happening. You have to trim out the fat, get rid of the noise, get rid of the distractions. All right. Back to the Sedeki Trust Act of 1666. I tell you, and this is just a piece of the of the very large, you know evil satanic plan to wipe out humanity. You know, like when you think about it with all these shots, right? To cure COVID, all these shots, so many people are getting injured and destroyed by them. Some of them are even dying. A lot of people are dying from them. 
the way they see it, we're already dead. So you can't kill what is already dead. That would be like, what, Double Jeopardy? Wasn't there a movie about that with Angelique Jolie? Double Jeopardy? In their minds, we're already dead. But see, they're operating, again, underneath a maritime admiralty law. Until the real man of living life blood comes up and reclaims what was taken, they're going to continue to dupe the majority of people. And this is what the assemblies are trying to also do as well, is to get people to wake up and understand this fact and this reality. And we have to reclaim ourselves and understand where we come from, which is from God. And return back to a self-governing body of people. The way we were intended to at the very founding of this nation. So anyway, that's all I have for you today. Like I said, I ran across a topic. I found it to be very interesting. So I wanted to do a kind of a spur of the moment podcast. And so uh, there you have it. So just remember... As it states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And this is what it means to be a hardliner. We are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. We are warriors for Christ. And this is the Lord's fight. Isaiah 42.13 reminds us, The Lord goes forth like a warrior, like a man of war. He stirs up his fury and he shouts out his battle cry against his enemies. He shows his might. And that's what we will do. We will, we will hold his hard line and we will show his might. Have a good night. God bless and signing off until next time. (laughs) 